Hello and welcome into the walkthrough. I am your host, intern Joe Machika. South Carolina football dropped a tough one up in Tennessee to the Tennessee Volunteers by a score of 41 to 20 up there in Neyland. It was a revenge game for Tennessee, and boy, you could see it and feel it in the crowd. Really, really tough atmosphere up there in Knoxville. I will get into everything for the game. It is just me today, so um, should be a lot of fun. I'm just going to give my opening thoughts, positive and negatives, and go over you know just some things, just things that stuck out to me in particular about the game up there in Knoxville. Like I said. But first, I do want to talk about our sponsors. First off, our good friend Clint Hammond at the Movement Mortgage Network. In need of help with your mortgage, call our good friend Clint Hammond of the Movement Mortgage Network. He's been in the mortgage industry since 2003, which allows him to help everyone from the or from the first-time home buyer to the complicated and complex jumbo buyer. Whether you're looking to purchase a new home or refinance, nothing is more important than a well-thought-out financial strategy. It comes with a five-star customer service. He's helped out, even helped out our very own Wes Mitchell and former Gamecock quarterback Perry Orth with their mortgages. So give our guy Clint a call. His number is always above us in, in our Gamecock Central Live programming and all of our Gamecock Central programming for that matter because Clint is the man. Give him a call at 803-771-6933. Once again, 803-771-6933. And then our other sponsor today is our good friends over at Liberty Tax. Tax ID is that uncertain feeling you get right before doing your taxes but you don't have to go through it alone. The tax team in Liberty Tax, er, Liberty Tax and Irmo, Lexington, and Columbia will walk you through the process, clear up any confusion, and guarantee you'll get the biggest possible refund or your money back. It's tax time. If you're in a hurry for your refund, call on the tax team at Liberty Tax, fast, accurate, and guaranteed. On the other hand, if you think you might be owing Uncle Sam, talk to Liberty Tax team to make sure you're not paying more than you should owe. They'll find every possible deduction for you. Locally owned and operated, staffed by tax professionals from your neighborhood, Open 9 to 9 on weekdays and 9 to 5 on Saturdays with multiple service options. Start the Liberty Tax mobile app or through the desktop portal. Make an appointment or just walk in. Give a call to upload your tax documents. And when you come in, your return will be ready to review and sign. Give them a call on your screen right now, 803-462-5576. Once again, 803-462-5576 for all of your tax needs this season. Um, getting back to the game, I, I guess my opening thoughts of this one, it's a really, really, really tough game to lose. If you're South Carolina, um, you know, you go up to Knoxville with some hope, knowing that this Tennessee team is vulnerable, right? They, they lost a tough one on the road in the swamp. Somehow they still haven't won. Tennessee hasn't won in the swamp since 2006. I think that is crazy. The fact that I was six years old the last time Tennessee has won in, in, in Florida. Um, but, you know, we knew this team was beatable and vulnerable and, you know, South Carolina went into this game, maybe a little cocky, maybe not. I mean, I'm sure people have differing opinions on that. I, I think, you know, you go into every game thinking you're going to beat, beat somebody pretty badly and going into this one probably felt similar. Like, you know, you know, they're beatable. So why not go out there and, and, and try to do your best in front of their home fans? However, um, Tennessee came very prepared. They were ready for this one. Um, they, they, the so-called revenge game for the trouncing that happened last year at Williams Bryce. I mean, it was a blackout. You guys saw it. Those of you that were there, I'm sure you could feel the energy up there in Rocky top. It seemed like an electric atmosphere and it's a really, really, really tough environment to play in. And so when you have that, you have to be on your A game. And we knew South Carolina going into this one, we knew that they had to play an almost perfect football game, right? There, there, you know, might, might be one or two laps, but you know, you got to play, you know, pristine. If you want to beat the Tennessee's, the Georgia's, 
even the Florida's Missouri's coming up and we'll get to the upcoming schedule in just a minute, but you had to play a very complete game and South Carolina just didn't, there were just too many things missing um, on the offensive side of the ball and on the defensive side of the ball. Um, you know, the play calling wasn't the best. I, 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 I know I hear all of y'all's frustration on the post game show. We're getting plenty of comments about the play calling. Um, it just, it wasn't great. And, and credits Tennessee's defense really, that defense is one of the best in the country. Um, defensive line leading the country in sacks. I'll talk about that a little bit more as well. Um, but this defense, this Tennessee defense is legit, man. And for the South Carolina offensive line, for, for a young group, you know you have to be on your A game. And, I mean, they had been playing well up until this point, right? Like they had been carrying a lot of momentum week to week. We've seen a lot of progression out of tree and tro. But when you're going up against the nation's best defensive line, it's really, really hard to continue that momentum um, from week to week. So that was a big thing. Also, uh, you know, I, I think um, there were a lot more things on offense you could have tuned up. You know, Spencer didn't have the best game of his life, but he also, you know, wasn't part of the issue. The one interception for the half. I mean, again, all of Spencer Rattler's interceptions this year have been when they are playing backyard football, really just going trying to go down the field as quickly as possible and just trying to make things, you know, go. You you, you want to score quickly. And that's what kind of what happened to Spencer at the end of the half. They were throwing the ball around and it just I mean, it turned into a pick six. And that uh, that's tough. And it, again, it really shows the strength of this Tennessee defense. They played lights out. I, I mean, as good as you can, really, um, out of your defense in the SEC. You know South Carolina is a very high-powered offense. You know that they can score a lot of points. I mean, they hung 60 on you last year. And, I mean, granted, it is a new offensive coordinator in Dow Loggins. But, man, I mean, you know you've seen it before. I mean, this offense relies on explosive plays. So, shout-out to Tennessee's defense because they were able to, you know, not only limit Spencer in, in the explosive plays, and I think they kind of went in there, you know, looking for that, right? You, you want to limit the big plays, the the chunk plays, the ones that, you know, Spencer, you know, maybe moves around the pocket a little bit and then just finds somebody on some busted coverage. And I, I think, you know, credit, again, credit to Tennessee's defense. I'm going to be saying that a lot this episode because, I mean, they played, as as far as I'm concerned, lights out, Um against the South Carolina offense, but I mean, they, 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 they contained Spencer as best they could really. Um, but they did a good job of just limiting him. Right. I mean, he still had a decent game. I'm pulling up the stats right now. I mean, minus the pick, it wasn't a horrible game from Spencer and granted he was running for his life all night. I mean, he, he, he got sacked six times and it, again, credit to this Tennessee defense because they go and sack him six times pretty darn good especially the way this offensive line has been playing as of late but Spencer's final line 24 of 35 169 yards and a pick um and I mean it's not bad he also had a rushing touchdown and I know these stats are a little misconstrued so apologies for not finding the like the the uh rushing stats minus um the sacks but um Spencer rushing wise 11 carries 19 yards and a touchdown that touchdown run I mean he talked about it in the press conference this week about just how he has to do a better job of of knowing when to take off um and I I think you know there were times in that Tennessee game where he could have taken off he saw green grass something like that I mean you know there were there were plays where you know he took off in the right spot and then there were also times where like I I was leaning towards you know maybe he could have taken off there gotten some chunk yards but 
um, it's still it's still progressing, right? That that's the one area Spencer wants to improve on. He talked about it last week. Um, I would recommend going watch his press conference. It, it, it's he gives some really really good insight in terms of when the quarterback has to take off. And I mean, gave us a pretty good quote too. He said his dad says when whenever you see green grass, just go. So um, Spencer's been working on that the best he could. Obviously, his his arm is still elite level. Um, I, I I will die on the hill, or at least currently for now. Um, that Spencer Rattler is a top five quarterback in the country. And, and it's really hard to see that when the, you know, the team, this re- and really young South Carolina team isn't playing up to the level of a, a Southern Cal, if you will, or, or an Oregon um, in, in terms of, you know, Heisman, you know, legitimacy and all of that, like you're not going to get as much attention if, if, if you're losing, I mean, plain and simple. So I, I would say if, if, you know, South Carolina were winning a lot of games and, and they were uh, they looked like world beaters. Spencer would be getting all the attention right now. And, you know, people would be ranking him a lot higher. But in terms of just the, the intangibles and, and the fundamentals, I've seen so much from Spencer Rattler this year. And his consistency has been pretty good. And, and again, going up against tough defenses, Georgia, that second half, again, they were playing, you know, backyard football for most of it. So um, in that first half, man, I – he was so good. And again, he made some mistakes in that second half, but as did the rest of the team. I mean, when, when you're chasing the lead, it, it, it gets really, really hard. And especially, I mean, on the road at Georgia, it it doesn't get any harder than that Sanford stadium. And you knew Kirby was going to come out firing with, with, with those guys. And so, I mean, Spencer can play, you know, a little bit better. You, You want him, you know, to throw the ball downfield a little bit more. And I think, again, I, what that boils down to is, and I think that's that's what it comes down to, right? Like I said earlier, not, you know, allowing the big explosive plays and, and letting Spencer, you know, find Xavier Leggett for, for a massive gain. I, I think they Tennessee's defense did a great job. Shout out Josh Heupel and his staff for being able to recognize that. And then, I mean, I don't necessarily want to make a lot of comparisons elsewhere, but I, I see a lot of Pac-12 defenses doing that to, to Shadur Sanders as well. We know how electric Shadur has been this year. Um, and, and I have my opinions on, on Shadur against the Blitz and all that. I, I don't think he's that good against the Blitz, but he is also improving. I think it's the same amount that we've seen with Spencer and, and yada, yada. But that's Colorado, and this isn't a Colorado show. But, again, I, I, I think, you know, teams are starting to realize, like, hey, you know, you got to limit the bigger plays against this guy because, you know, and, and Spencer is the type of player where you get those big explosive plays and he just feeds off of it, man. This entire offense and even the entire program, man, it – it really goes a long way when they have the big explosive plays and the momentum. Momentum is such a big thing in the SEC. And, you know, shout out to Shane for for recognizing that, right? I think they lean into momentum as much as you can, and, and as does everybody else. But, man, they South Carolina does a really good job of when, when they have momentum, trying their best to capitalize it. And it doesn't always work. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that they're, they're perfect. If they have momentum, they're world beaters. No, 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 no. Like, and that's football, right? Like, you're going to get momentum and the other team is going to hit back. Right. And, and, you know, how you respond to that is what kind of football team you are. But I mean, I, I will say this a lot of, uh, on the post game show, you guys did a really good job of letting it out. The comments I, I, I hear and saw every one of them. Uh, so you guys did a good job of, of letting it out, but I will say this, man, this season is far from over. Um, 
you know, are they going to make the playoff? No, I, I hate to break it to you. South Carolina will not be making the college football playoff just because of the the strength of their schedule um, from here on out. Um, and again, I'll get to that in one second. But um, yeah, like this season isn't over. The The story hasn't been written for the South Carolina team. And we know, I mean, there's a good football team in there when everyone plays you know, to the level that they do. And it's very, 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 very hard in football to have, you know, everyone playing on the same level, playing well in all facets of the game. I think it is very, very hard to do that. And for a team like South Carolina, you are so young, starting a lot of freshmen, a lot of freshmen. I mean, across the board, really, Tree Babalade, Trill Ball. I mean, we we know about those guys, but you, guys like a guys like Omega Blake. He's not a freshman, but man, sophomore. We're we're seeing him a little bit more um, with the wide receiver room. I mean, Tyshawn Russell as well, another freshman. Really, really, really young on offense. And you know, if Spencer Rattler were in a, I'm not saying he'd, he'd do better in a different system, but if if there were more vets around him and stuff like that, it, it would be a little bit easier to get things on track and just have execution in all facets of the game. Now, that's just not the hand you were dealt if you're South Carolina. It's it's unfortunate and, and it stinks, but it's not the hand that you were dealt. So you got to do your best with what you got. And, and to be honest, like I have seen production out of all of these new guys, really, really good production and and. Like not they they haven't you know I mean rightfully so like everybody has their bad games and stuff like that but I I've seen enough production from some of these freshmen that that okay like this guy's gonna be a dude I think that should excite South Carolina fans and it, again I think this game what it boils down to is just you gotta execute in all facets to win a game like that and the world isn't ending I hate to break it to you you know things are not over Shane is not gonna get fired over this one loss to Tennessee. It, it was a tough environment against a team that has had this game circled since the second they got off the field at Williams Bryce last year. I mean, that, that fan base was very, very, very passionate about, you know, this game and, and playing South Carolina and making a statement. Um, you saw it with the blackout jerseys. It, it They were ready for South Carolina and especially this team, Josh Heupel, um, I felt like Tennessee was sleepwalking through the front of the year. And, and we saw that with the loss at Florida, but man, I mean, if they're another team kind of similar to South Carolina, if they can put it all together, they are a really, really, really good team and, and can compete really well in, in the sec. Now, obviously they don't have as many, um, you know, freshmen and moving pieces as South Carolina does, which is why they do have the advantage there. But I mean, it's football at the end of the day, you, you, you put the ball down and you can win. And, I, South Carolina had a shot to win this game by all means. And I think that pick six at the halftime took the air out of South Carolina. And granted, they came back out and, and, and you know, scored a couple more points. And, and the offense, you know, was still moving. But it, again, when you limit South Carolina to limit the big plays, I mean, there, there was the Mario Anderson run, which I believe was the biggest play of the night. And um, yeah, 75 yard run from Mario Anderson. And granted, receivers Trey Knox had a 20 yard reception, Xavier Leggett 32, Amari and Brown 44. Um, some big plays there, but man, just not enough to to push them over the edge. You need the pop plays, the one, the touchdown that goes. You need you need a couple of the Mario Anderson touchdowns, right, to take the air out of the building. And it needs to come out at the right time too. I think you could have used one a little bit later in, in the game um, and try to you know shut things down and. 
ultimately, I, I know everyone's going to be like, why haven't you talked about the South Carolina defense? I'm getting there. Don't worry, uh, because South Carolina defense needs to be better. Plain and simple. I know there are a lot of people calling for Clayton White's job right now. Um, do I agree with that? Not yet. Um, it, it, the defense has not been great. It, it really hasn't. But, you know, I don't think it's time to necessarily call for Clayton's job. We've seen – I mean, the defense has led this team the past two years of the Shane regime. And so five weeks into the season, it hasn't been great and you're calling for his job. I mean, I, I don't think it's fair yet to, to necessarily – you know, call for, for Clayton's job. I, I get the frustration because this defense hasn't been good. I, I, plain and simple. I, DBs for, for, you know, it feels like every game there is one thing that's clicking and one thing, two or three things that just aren't right. I, they couldn't stop the run. And ten, I, Tennessee is a very good team. Jabari small and their other running back. Um, um, Chalen Wright and Jabari Small, the two-headed monster that Tennessee has. Jabari Small, questionable coming into this one. He looked fine to me. Um, you know, they gave him the ball. 11 carries, 59 yards, and a touchdown. Dylan Sampson also scored two. Um, and we, we knew he was going to get the ball a little bit. But, I mean, between their top two guys having 27 carries for 100, 182 yards, Okay, so yeah, Tennessee's two running backs were just lights out. I mean, it's really, really, really hard to stop those two guys. I mean, they were I mean, they're near the top of the SEC in rushing, and and we knew they were going to try to run the ball quite a bit. But again, personally, I, I I would think that or I would have thought that South Carolina would have carried some of the momentum from Mississippi State. We knew and talked about how how dynamic their running back was going into that game, and it just. They, they shut them out. I mean, they, they couldn't run the ball to save their life. And Boogie Huntley and T.J. Sanders played really well, but they did not show up in Knoxville this week. It, it, it was not a good showing from this defensive line and the linebackers. I mean, you got to be able to tackle. I mean, Nicky Minwari had a bounce back game. The guys that didn't play well last week played well this week. And the guys that played well last week did not play well this week. And that makes it very, very, very hard on on defenses or, or on your defense and on on your coach too, Clayton White as well. Um, you know when guys are showing up and guys aren't showing up, it, you know you need to Clayton White's defense. From what I understand, you need everybody to play well in in all facets. You know you and you need guys to trust each other, be flying around, and, and trust the 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 guy next to you or the guy in front of you is going to make the play right, do his job and make the play, and that it makes it really hard when you know, two groups of guys aren't on and then the other two are, you know, playing their butts off. So it, it makes things really, really, really hard. And it makes it hard to execute um, in that situation as well. But uh, shout out, I mean, Jalon Kilgore, talk about another freshman stepping up, led the team in tackles last night, um, you know, stepping in big. But yeah, the top three tacklers for South Carolina were Jalon Kilgore, DQ Smith, and Nicky Minwari. All three guys didn't have the best week against, you know, Mississippi State last week. And so it, it, it is really, really hard when, you know, again, the complaint last week, the DBs. DBs stepped up this week. Defensive line and linebackers did not play well at all um, at Tennessee. Didn't play well at all. Plain and simple, right? Um, and so you need more uh, just stopping the run because ultimately that's what killed South Carolina. Yeah, Joe Milton was 
21 of 32, 239 yards, a touchdown, and two interceptions. But Joe Milton wasn't what killed South Carolina. It, it was the lack of run defense in South Carolina – or I'm sorry, Tennessee did what they wanted, South Carolina's defense, when it, when it came to running the ball. You need to stop the run because – They'll just go up up the middle, just keep running it, running it, running it, wearing your defense down. And and when that happens, I mean, it doesn't matter how long the offensive series is on the other side, right? This defense, it, it wears you down gradually. I mean, they could have – the offense could go 90 – you know, 85 yards, 90-something yards after a Tennessee – after Tennessee drives and scores down. But the defense is still going to be tired because – the how effective Tennessee was in the run game and uh, you know shout out to their offensive lineman as well um who who wasn't uh no I'm gonna stare away from that um but yeah shout out to that Tennessee offensive line they got a great push um and and you know they were able to neutralize um TJ Sanders Boogie Huntley and, and the defensive ends as well um, so it really, really makes things hard when you can't get a push up front because they're going to keep running the ball down your throat. And then when they're, when they don't, you, you have to be ready for the pass. You can't send everyone all the time. Um, and if you do a guy like Joe Milton will chuck it over the top and, and somehow find his receiver, not the most accurate quarterback in the world, but I mean, still gets the job done. And I mean, quite frankly, when you run the ball like Tennessee did on Saturday night, you can beat anybody. Um, so uh, it'll be interesting to watch and see how this Tennessee running attack stacks up to everyone else, whether it was just a, a South Carolina defensive lapse or it was just, um, you know, how, how good Tennessee is. Um, I, I don't – do I know that yet? Not necessarily. I got to see Tennessee play more quality opponents, um, and that's coming up for them. They got some really, really big games coming up, um, and, and – so we'll see that Florida game. It's always a fluke, especially when you got the curse, um, like not winning in 06 or since 06 in the swamp. I somehow they didn't, they came out flat, slept, walk, like I said. So yeah, I don't, I, I don't know. It's tough, but back to South Carolina, it's, it's just offensively the stat that stood out to me. I saw it. Shout out Colin Taylor posted on, on the Gamecock central insiders forum. If you're not a member, subscribe, get all of the good stuff from the Insiders Forum, the Gamecock Central Insiders Forum, the message boards. Um, super fun place. But Colin Taylor brought it up on the Insiders Forum. South Carolina was one for seven on third and short last night, which third and short between zero and four yards. And the Gamecocks were two of 14 overall and on third down and average 2.6 yards on third down. That is not good. That is not good at all. You need to just have better execution, better play calling, everything. Like it, the blame for that stat doesn't fall on one person. It falls on everybody, the quarterback, the offensive line, the running backs, the wide receivers, Dowell, positioning everybody. Like you, that, that is one thing you just need to be better. And sure. Yeah. You, I guess you could theoretically point a finger in the way of the play calling, but it, you know, it's going to be hard to call. Like I don't know what what you can call if your guys aren't going to execute. So it, it makes it tough um, in that situation. But again, uh, I mean, you just you need to be better in all facets of the game. Um, as I'm pulling up some of the team stats real quick, and then I will get into just kind of looking ahead to the South Carolina schedule. We know the bye week is coming up. 
Um, but also did want to bring up, you know, I think that the fake punt, and a lot of people are talking about that. I haven't brought that up yet, but came in a good spot. Kai Kroger, I mean, they, they still got it. Finding finding X, for me, I think, you know, that helps out Kai more than anybody because, you know, when Kai Kroger was throwing the ball and all these fake punts, he, I mean, it, it improved his punt game so much more. And, you know, Kai hasn't had the best of years. And that happens, right? As, as kicker, you can't be the best of the best all the time. We've seen that. It's it's very, very hard to do. Um, not even the elite level kickers are able to do that. Everyone has their slumps. Um, and I think Kai's kind of going through one right now. He just hasn't been as good as he was last year. And it, that, that happens. Sometimes you have a magical year. But I would hope this fake punt helps Kai, you know, get back into his element a little bit more and, and, and stay out of his head um, a little bit. So um, shout out to Kai for the, for, the, for the completion. And, you know, X caught it. It came in a good spot. I, I like to call. Um, I, you know, that's pretty much all I got. The Lembo ball, like you needed a little bit of that magic too to win that game. And you, you got some there, but when you don't execute in all, in, like in every facet, again, like I'm not saying you got to play perfectly, but you just – you, you, you didn't play well in, in the areas that you needed to, to win this game. So they got the special teams magic, but just you didn't stop the run. You didn't, you know, perform well on offense. You, I mean, it was relatively good, but it, just the conversions, you, you, you got so, so, so close and you just couldn't push it over the edge. Um, and, and, you know, going into this bye week, I think it is going to be a very, very big benefit to South Carolina's uh, you know, team program, everyone needs a break. I mean, personally for me, like I love going home, get some of my mama's cooking. Like it, it, it allows me to get a nice reset. Um, and I know some of these guys um, are really, really excited to go home, um, especially the local guys in South Carolina. Um, it's going to be special for them and as is uh, every bye week but it gives you just a chance to reset, clean the slate. You've got a lot of football left, a lot of football left against really, really good opponents. Um, so I, I mean, you start off coming off the bye week against Florida. Florida beat Tennessee, a team that you just lost by 21 to. And granted, yes, it was at the Swamp and ooh, the curse. Florida is a very, very fluky team, man. A very fluky team. It And it, it plain and simple, it, it just – you you need to bring your best against Florida because you don't know what team is going to show up. Yes, it's at Williams-Brice, and I know – Everyone at Williams Bryce will make the atmosphere an electric one because we know how much this fan base does not like Florida. Um, so I'm I am not by by any means. I don't think the atmosphere um, is going to be second in the country. You know, I th I think it it will be the best atmosphere in the country, and it's the first I guess big home game of the year. Mississippi State was one of them, but Florida, man, you you need the crowd at Williams Bryce to be there, be loud, bring all of the home field advantage. Shane has talked about it before. How much a of an advantage he thinks it plays to South Carolina or, you know, just being at home, the, the 11th man, if you will. Um, I, I know that, or the 12th man, I, I know that's Texas A&M, but it's true. It's definitely a home field advantage at Williams Bryce stadium. Um, yeah. The atmosphere at Williams Bryce needs to be really, really, really good for Florida. Um, Cause again, you don't know what Florida team's going to show up. Transfer quarterback, Graham Mertz. Um, we, we've seen him in Wisconsin. Didn't do as well as he, as you would expect Florida. Uh, also another ranked team. I, I wouldn't expect them to be ranked after this week, but um, after, after they got trounced by Kentucky, and that uh, I'll get to Kentucky too. 
And I'm, I'm going to run through the rest of the schedule because, I mean, we're, we're pulling up on the bye week. And, oh, boy, I have a good interview for you guys for the bye week. I'm so excited for it. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm super excited. I'm just teasing that right now. But yeah, Florida, really, really dynamic team. Probably won't be ranked after losing to Kentucky. Um, but, you know, it's going to be a team that's hungry. And we know this, and especially Florida last year, they looked like they were dead in the water until we went down to the swamp and laid a goose egg. Or I mean, you just you didn't play well at all in the swamp. And, and that Florida team with AR just came out of nowhere playing well. Um, and so Florida football is very fluky, especially recently. So we don't know what team's going to show up with Florida. We will see. It's going to be a really good game. I think South Carolina technically has the edge on paper in terms of where the program's at, players, all that stuff. But, again, it's the SEC. Anybody can beat anybody, and that's the reality of it. Uh, and then you you go on the road for the next two weeks. Um, you're at Missouri. That game is going to be a really tough one. Missouri features a lot of playmakers. Their quarterback, Brady Cook, is a dog. I mean, he's – sneakily having one of the best seasons um, out of any of the quarterbacks in the SEC. And, you know, Brady, shout out to Brady, grew up in St. Louis with all my cousins and all this stuff, um, went to Chaminade. It, so Brady Cook is is one of them dudes. He He's really, really, really talented. And, you know, this season was going to be a prove-it season for him. He's had some struggles in the past, but he's stepped up in a big way, finding his wide receivers. Favorite target is Luther Burden. We all know about him. I mean, the kid is a stud, really, really, really fast guy, um, super, super dynamic. Um, and 43 receptions, 600, 644 yards and five touchdowns for Burton on the year. And I'll go through Brady's stats real quick. One of He's 105 of, a, of 141 with 1,468 yards and 11 touchdowns. That's pretty good as compared to Spencer's line. Spencer's 119 of 163 with 1,411 yards, seven touchdowns, and three picks. Brady has yet to throw an interception this year, which shows me that, you know, you are going to need to get a lot of pressure, get in his face, do something, force him to make some dumb decisions with the football. You need your front seven to come up and just want to pressure the living H-E double hockey sticks out of Brady Cook. You need that. You need to generate the first turnover. You need to get in his head a little bit. Throw him off his game. Because he, again, is a very consistent quarterback. Steady Eddie, right? So you, you're going to need to bring your A game defensively. And the way South Carolina is playing so far, I mean, defensively, I, I don't I don't know. Like, can they do it? Of course. This team is a really, really, really good football team. But, you know, you need to bring your A game, especially on the road. And we talk about fluky teams in Florida. You look at Mizzou. Oh, my goodness. I mean, they, they won a game earlier this year on a 60-something yard field goal. Electric. We know their kicker's got the leg. Um, and Eli Drinkwitz, man, he's got his team at 4-0. Um, or 5-0. I, I, excuse me. It's week five. I'm, I apologize. I'm tired. Too many night games. Uh, but, yeah, 5-0 for Eli Drinkwitz. They're only going to move up. They just beat Vanderbilt. They, they were able to secure the dub. I mean, it was close for a little bit, and then they pulled away. So this Missouri football team is no joke. I know a lot of you know South Carolina people you know, count out Missouri, but, man, it <laughs> they're a good football team and have been playing a really, really good you know brand of football recently. So it's going to be a tough road test. I know Georgia 
if you if you guys can remember last year, I, I don't. I mean, the atmosphere is Missouri isn't a Sanford Stadium or a Williams Bryce necessarily, but you know, it's still kind of a tough place to play. It's a wonky place to play, a fluky kind of place to play at Mizzou. So it, you know, Brady Cook and and and, and the boys are are, are going to be ready for South Carolina, plain and simple. Um, so. Going through that, uh, that, that's my synopsis of Missouri. Then you go on the road again to College Station. And, man, oh, man, what an atmosphere that is going to be. Uh, Jimbo has his guys ready to play. Um, he always usually does. And this, this, you know, Texas A&M team is, is pretty good. 4-1, 2-0 in the SEC. Um, their quarterback just went down. I believe he is going to be out for the season. Texas A&M starting quarterback, Connor Wegman, um, will be, I, I believe is out for the year. Um, and so Max Johnson, their backup has had to come back in and play. And Johnson has stepped up very, 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 very well, um, for Texas A&M. And, you know, we heard what, um, Tonka had to say. Um, about AM being on the road and the whole thing that got blown out of proportion at Georgia. Well, Tonka was talking about Texas AM and how tough that is to win at Kyle Field. I'm expecting a very good atmosphere. It's going to be a, that game is going to be a dogfight. Two, seen, two teams that I think are really, really similar. Um, it's, it's, it really is going to be a tough one. They like to throw the ball a little bit more than run it, but the running backs can, can also, you know, do the work. Um, Lance Moss, 46 carries, 276 yards and two touchdowns. Um, but they they really, really like to throw the ball. Their leading receiver, Evan Stewart, he has 24 receptions, 357 yards and four touchdowns. They like to spread the ball around quite a bit. Um, so that game is going to be very, very tough. And, and uh, that boils down to the atmosphere, really. Kyle Field is a really, really tough place to win. And especially at night. If this game is a night game, watch out. It, it might get ugly. But, again, you never know. Then you come home. Again, you've got a homestand for the rest of the year. You've got Jacksonville State. you got to play the other Gamecocks, the game of the Gamecocks. I think that's kind of funny. Should win that game. You've got Vandy at home um, on 11-11. Again, you should win that game. Um, tune up for Kentucky. Um, or at least, you know, get things back on track against a pretty solid SEC opponent in Vandy. Clark Lee's doing a lot of good things there. Uh, and so I, I not necessarily watch out for Vandy, but you're going to need a good, strong performance against a pretty solid SEC team. And then you're going to want to carry that into Kentucky. And again, Kentucky, like I said, your next game, Kentucky looks very, very, very good right now. I They will be ranked at the end of the – I'm assuming they're going to be ranked this week, and they are a really, really good football team. As as we know, Mark Stoops and Shane aren't the bestest of friends, um, but who has Kentucky played so far? Not a whole lot of people. Ball State, Eastern Kentucky, Akron, Vanderbilt, and then Florida. They they trounced Florida 33-14, to 14, but next week they have Georgia and then Missouri and Tennessee. So, they, I mean, they their schedule is – right in front of them. We will see what kind of team Kentucky is within the next three weeks. Um, and so full rundown on Kentucky. I, I'm not, sh- you know, I can't really give look that far ahead. I'm not a fortune teller would like to be that game is too far into the future. And, and the way Kentucky is playing right now, 
I it's that's too close to call. They haven't really played anybody. So we will see. Um, but I mean, their quarterback, Devin Leary, transfer, um, really, really good. And, and we know Kentucky also likes to run the ball, but we'll we'll see how good they are in the next coming weeks. And then of course, you finish off the year against your Toronto Clemson. And that I mean, plain and simple, that's a must-win game. Any rivalry game is a must-win, especially home against, you know. Gerard Tribal Clemson, uh, you know, you you need to get that game if you're South Carolina. And and Shane, I'm sure he would love to beat Clemson at home. You know, I, I don't think he he wants the rap to start going around that he can only beat Clemson on the road. Um, so if if he can get get a home win against Clemson out of the way this early in his tenure, I think you know that that clears a lot of doubt and Ultimately, like that, that is the one thing. Like, if you're not having the best of year record wise and stuff like that, if you're beating Clemson, that is, you know, the, the one bright spot. Yeah, no, it the, does it give you all of the job security you need? No, but it, it is one thing that will keep you going and, and moving forward as a South Carolina football coach. Um, so, also, too, I, I so I had one question um, via Twitter um, about the show. I put it out there if you guys had any questions for the show. Please let me know. Um, so the one question comes from the OG uh, on Twitter. Why isn't Harbor playing on offense? That is a good question. I don't know if it's a matter of that he isn't healthy or if he's not ready. I would think he's ready. But again, he's been running track all summer. Um, and and it's it takes a little bit. Going straight line speed, it, it's – and, and turning yourself into a SEC receiver where you got to cut and, and dice and, and slice, that's hard. But do do I really know why Harbor isn't seeing the field more? No, I don't. I, I there's something I, I wouldn't say going on, but there there is uh, there is a reason for it. I don't know why. Is it because he's not ready, um, or you know, is was there an injury that we don't know about? I don't know. I don't have the scoop on that. I wish I did. But it would be nice to see him out there, right? With the amount of freshmen that are playing, I understand the frustration that you get this five-star kid and it's like, holy moly, like, why isn't he out on the field? All these other freshmen are playing. Like, he's got to be doing something in practice. But that's that's the thing with this college football, man. Like, we we aren't allowed, you know, behind the doors and whatever they tell us, we got to run with. So what they've told us is that, like, you know, he's – I mean, they haven't really told us anything about it, but the, the word has been that he's still developing. Um, and granted, Xavier Leggett, he's playing like the best receiver in the SEC right now. And, and this wide receiver room is very, very deep. AB was back as well. Um, and, and so receiver room is very deep. And it's, it's, it would be hard, you know, for, for a true freshman to go out there and, and perform. Um, and so yeah, why isn't Harbor playing? I don't have an exact answer for you, Mr. OG. Um, but it, it, it's, it's tough. I, uh, you know, hard to tell. And for Harbor, right, at this point, you're thinking about red shirts. It's like, are you going to use the red shirt or are you not? And it, it starts to beg the question, right? You're in week five. You, you don't have much time in the season left. Yeah, there's a lot of football, but you got to start thinking about that red shirt, man. And and to, to say that we'd be red shirting Nick Harbor at this point was, you know, wouldn't be a thought. I, I, at the beginning of the year, I would have assumed he would have played more. But yeah, I, I mean, it, it is a reality now. And, and the same goes for Lenore Sellers. Um, He'll he'll be the quarterback of the, the future, and sure, you want to see 
um, you know, a seller's package. And, and you would think you would see that a little bit more, maybe a little Tim Tebow action, but it's, it's, it's so hard nowadays. And, and when you have a guy that dynamic, you, you want him to be at your school for as long as possible. So um, we had that, we had a caller bring that up last night. Um, so the, like, I, I did not get a chance to address that, but there is that. Um, but yeah. And Hey, the last thing I will say, and, and I'm going to wrap this thing up. South Carolina going into the bye week, again, very, very much needed. You're going to be able to reset, get some home cooking in you, and just you know de-stress a little bit. A break is nice for everybody in the building. And I know you know everyone gets to go home and just you know be themselves for a little while and 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 just not think about football. And I think that goes a long way, um, especially after this Tennessee game where they just they looked almost uptight um, in terms offensively and. Again, all credit to Tennessee for making them look like that because that defense is elite and those running backs are pretty darn good too. And, and that offensive line did a great job blocking for Joe Milton um, and, and those running backs. Um, I know there were some injury questions on that offensive line, but man, it didn't feel like that there were any guys hurt um, or even questionable on that offensive line. So um, again, really, really, really tough game for South Carolina at Tennessee, but you're going into the bye week, you get to reset and then you come out against a team like Florida where, I mean, it, it, the ball is in your court. It's a home game. It is up to you to w go win that football game. You can beat that team by a lot if if, if you play well in all facets and, and and shut them down. Like you, South Carolina is a better football team than Florida on, on paper at least, um, or at least from what we've seen. If, if, if you factor in everybody playing up to the standard that – or the good standard and playing well um, – because like I said, we've seen it all in glimpses from different areas, from the offensive line to the secondary. Everyone has played well in glimpses. So if you can string that together from all tw 22 guys on both sides of the ball, you you, you could arguably beat anybody in the, in the SEC. You saw that in the first half against Georgia. And then you just you came out and Georgia proved who they were defensively, offensively, whatnot. And, and again, credit to Kirby, their staff, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, you need this bye week to go reset and just – you know, be able to come back and in and, and Florida, you have to play well in all facets. And you could make a very big statement against Florida as well um, if you go out there and, and do something wild. So it's going to be a very, very big game. I'm looking forward to the bye week. But yeah, the interview next week will be very, very good. I'm really excited about it. We will be joined by our good friend, Justin King, over at the creative media offices. Just check in with him. Um, see how he's doing, how things are going over there in creative media. It's always good to check in with our guy. He's the man over there at creative media. So I'm super excited to get to chat with him this week and it should be a really, really good episode next week. So um, the bi-week blues, we like, we, we do not sleep on the bi-week. Uh, we will have another episode of the walkthrough for you coming to you next Sunday. So thank you guys for tuning in um, and, and have a good afternoon or good evening. <laughs>